0: Opinions expressed on ACV media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Okay, thanks everybody for rejoining us. Hopefully everybody got their snacks, refilled their cups, and is ready to hang in for another little bit. Um, I uh, have the pleasure, this is Melanie, I have the pleasure of... uh, co-facilitating this next program with uh, Gail Elaine Wilt, and this program is focusing on the local level. So, for us here in Arizona, we have two affiliates. We have our Central Arizona chapter, which is um, primarily the Phoenix Valley area, and we have our Southern Arizona chapter, which is primarily the Tucson area. But I would like to introduce our panelists, um so we have from uh the central chapter we have lisa brooks and ted chittenden and from the southern chapter we have jordan uh and lupita hernandez and you know ron said that we were at the in the living room around the coffee table well the weather is beautiful so we're going to go out to the patio now and same thing let's if the six of us will just unmute and we will just have a discussion um What I would like to do, though, is make sure that all of the four of you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your ACB background, but especially um, about your local affiliates. Um, I know some of you have only been here in Arizona and some of you have been uh, around the country. So um, whoever wants to start off, um, go ahead, please.
2: Well, this is Ted. I guess I will start. I had been... My mine's kind of a bit of a roundabout way. I had been a member of the National Federation of the Blind back in the nineteen eighties while I was at Loyola Marymount University, Um, and I kind of dropped out of that organization in the nineteen nineties. And in fact, I even attended an ACB national convention in LA in I believe ninety five or ninety six, and then. But I basically became independent. Um. In 2009, the late Barbara McDonald contacted me. I had shown up at a couple of AZCB board meetings, but I was on a member of the group. And she goes, you want to get involved with the governor's council on blindness, and visual impairment, GCBVI. I thought, well, why not? And, um, so I said, sure, that sounds like a good idea. And, um, well, it turns out the AZCB was having trouble finding people who were willing to do it. And Barbara didn't realize that I wasn't yet a group member. Um, initially, I thought I might try as, as as an independent there, but it's a lot harder to get on as an independent blind person. So I became a member of the AZCB and joined what was then known as the Phoenix chapter. And um The rest, as they say, is history. I should mention here also that um, the reason that Barbara contacted me was that Dan had contacted Barbara, Dan Martinez. And the reason was I was on Charlie Crawford's um, list of uh, the former ACB executive director who's now passed. And um, but he had a list of basically basically people who are politically active and politically in the know, even if we weren't active. And uh, I have put some things on the list and apparently Dan was impressed with what I had written. And so he had, so he had contacted Barbara about seeing if she could get me onto the governor's council, which ultimately I did. I'm been there since what? Tw- late 2010. I am now coming. This will be my 13th year on the council as of this year. Um, and, uh, 13th year on the Governor's Council, and then, of course, with the AZCB, since I joined it to join the Governor's Council, it's also my 13th year with the AZCB, and with the Phoenix chapter, which became the Central Arizona chapter in 27, 26, 2017, when it merged with uh, what was then called the Maricopa County chapter, Maricopa County Club. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Ted. Who's next? <clears throat>
3: uh, this is Jordan. I can go. So I'm um, trying to think here. My memory's getting a little shaky. I just had a, a birthday. I turned 38, so I, I know I'm getting old here. But um, just briefly, um, the Southern Arizona chapter, it was resurrected, uh, I believe, in 2021. No, actually, 2020. And it wasn't in the heart of the pandemic. And just to kind of, you know, travel back in time, just briefly, we like, you know, so much was unknown. We didn't know how long we were going to be on lockdown and all that. And so it was just the perfect time for uh, the resurrection of this chapter. And we've heard a lot this morning about like networking and, and being asked to join much like how Ted was. I, I was asked to join by by a friend named Chris Desborough, who was the, the pre- became the president at that time. And so, and before this, I'm like, I'm not joining NFB. I'm not joining any of these organizations. Like, why do I need it? Uh, but probably during later in this this uh, this breakout room, I'll, I'll tell the great things of of why it is important to join. Thanks,
4: Jordan.
5: I can go next. I'm Lupita. Um I just like Jordan I um it was the pandemic and most of us were not isolating well and I was not isolating well. I am a rehab teacher and I was not finding employment and so I was in a pretty bad place in my life and I decided that I was going to attend a national convention And I attended and jumped full force into it. I joined the Braille Revival League and I joined the crafting part of it and just started going to community events. And then I started asking myself, why aren't we doing this in Tucson? Why is this not happening at our local level? So Chris and I had conversations and we decided to try to to bring that back and uh chris and jordan and i started getting our friends together and our the people that we knew together and saying let's let's go let's make this happen and um that's that's pretty much what we did
1: i
6: love it thanks lupita last but not least miss lisa Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Lisa Brooks. And for those who might not know me, um, I am a part of the Phoenix Central chapter. Um, And uh, when I'm not involved in ACB stuff, I work as a closed captionist, um, transcribing college lectures and other media, writing the closed captions for those and uh, helping out with Accessible Avenue, doing administrative types of things. Um, but I became involved in ACB when I attended an adult transition program. Um, in my early 20s, I was in college, and um, we would have different speakers come in the evenings to present to the young adults program, and when night it was consumer organization evening, and there was a speaker from ACB and a speaker from NFB, and the speaker for ACB that night happened to be Ron, and um, so you never know who you might meet at one of these things, um, and um, so that's kind of learning about those two organizations because I really had no idea what they were um, growing up as a blind person. I didn't know any blind adults. And didn't even really know these types of organizations existed. Um, so that's how I was introduced um, to the two organizations and um, started attending meetings uh, with Ron. And we've had the pleasure of living in various states. So I've had the opportunity to learn from lots of different affiliates, um, California, where I'm from, and then when we lived in Florida, Illinois, and New Mexico, and now here in the great land of Arizona. That's great. Thanks, Lisa.
1: Gail, do you want to take it?
6: Okay. Uh, Our next question is, um, let's see, how did you, how does your local chapter, I'm
1: sorry, how did your local chapter foster you? So, Lisa, would you start since you've been uh, all over the place?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think as far as how the local chapter um, helped was learning about the mentorship of of other members, being a mentee and being a mentor um, in, in both ways. Um, I think all of our journeys into blindness are, are different, but we all essentially face the same challenges no matter where we are in that road. And um, I think it's, it's cool that in these spaces, we find people who we, we can ask questions about um, and it's at practical things from, Hey, I'm thinking about getting a guide dog, you know, who's a good veterinarian to, you know, what's a good neighborhood. Where's a good walking place? Um, and, you know, the chapter is great for for meeting people in your local area who can really answer those types of questions. Um, and, you know, helping you grow and, and, and learn things about your state. Okay. How about we go to uh, Lupita next?
5: Okay. Um, for me, it's fostered me in the support group that we have. We have a support group where we meet once a month and we start with an icebreaker. And I used to help Jordan lead that. But as I became employed, I had to pull back a little bit more. Um, and just, I still participate in just having as I can echo what everyone else is saying, just having that sense of community and having somebody that I could talk to about absolutely anything. And they can ask me questions, and I can ask them, and we can just be together. And um, the other way that it fosters me is through the 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 meetings the in person time because there's so much to be said about still being in person and being able to give hugs and be together and talk and um cry together laugh together just be together so um as as we've said be stronger together is so important so that's how it's fostered me.
1: Filipita, well, does the does the southern chapter meet hybrid or or virtual and in person or how, how do they have their meetings
5: so we have a su- the support group is virtual because we also open it up to central but then and anyone else who likes join and then the per the meetings themselves are in person so we meet at different places and we have lunch together and we play games and we just spend time together which is really fun
6: that's great thank you good thanks for sharing that, okay, Ted. you're up next.
2: Well, I think the I think the uh, for me, the obvious answer was the fostering was getting was allowing me to be on the Governor's council and learn about how things are done in the state of Arizona. Um, I've never been to a legislative session. Though I have been down to the buildings a couple of times, um, I have some health issues that make going actually going out to the sessions and actually doing lobbying a little bit difficult. Learning what the needs of the council are. So at any rate, um, it's in being involved with the Governor's Council and learning about what how the Arizona legislature works and things, which is stuff that I had 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 not really known before. Um, I think that um, so from from that perspective, that's that's what's been important to me about it. Um, I've also learned about, you know, I have met a few friends. But uh, yeah, to me, it's been learning what the political issues are. What's 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 upcoming? What are we reacting to today that that we need to consider? What are the things we need to consider? Making sure, or trying to make sure, that my chapter, and even the state knows about what is happening at the governor's council level. Those are things that um, those are, those are things that uh, I would say the AZCB has fostered for me. So, um, and I guess there's one more, Kayla, it, since since Kayla is not available, if you can go ahead and do the last one.
3: Uh, yeah, or judgment, yeah 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 that's me <laughs> um, yeah, I forgot to mention to everyone i uh, I am the president of the Southern Arizona chapter, and I think what why I bring that up, not just to you know be prideful here but I in high school and all that I never did I was never on student council or anything i I never got into politics or uh, any of that stuff, and now I became the president it's it's just crazy. But, but you can become, you know, president too one day or, you know, get on the board of various agencies. The, and it's a real confidence booster. Um, I think Sarah or, or some of the other people in the last meeting were talking about like it, it does force you to grow. You know, it, it does get you out of your comfort zone, which is a great thing. And, you know, I mean, and we, we had to relearn how to walk under sleep shade and cross intersections, you know, being blind and, as scary as it is, we're all much better for it. And so, you know, going through being the president, it's it's taught me a lot. Um, and also, too, I think how it's helped me is just like the friends that that I've been meeting and continue to grow with because, you know, stuff hits the fan with, with our medical issues or life. And I had some some medical issues this past month where I lost a little bit more vision. And there's nothing like knowing that you're not alone. That you have other blind friends, um, you know, like Lupita, where, like, we can pray for each other, not to get too religious. Um, but, like, but also just, like, other people that are, like, that are blind, that can just tell me, like, yeah, Jordan, even if you lose all your vision, you're still going to be okay. Your dreams are still on the table. Don't worry about it. And, and so um, it's just been a real beautiful thing.
1: I think that's so important. And it goes, same with that, That's that, you guys are going to hear me be the just my soapbox, that family, that family. You know, we all laugh, cry, scream, <laughs> right? But you know it's a safe place. And you know it's a safe place that you can be built up and that you can build each other up. And I I, I see that all the time. And we all have, you know, different chapters in life that we go through and um, how do you foster relationships within your chapter so how do you foster them between you and um, your peers in the chapter how do you help foster them between members so just that whole caring concept right how do, how do you how do you foster those relationships
3: yeah yeah so um like the the previous president chris he was more of like the the heart of like planning and community outreach and advocacy. And that's not my realm. You know, I'm more of like the, the emotional aspect, like let's get people emotionally connected. And so what our chapter meetings have been doing this, like the last like four months or so is allowing our members to actually share, share their testimony of, the, of their blind journey, what they've had to overcome, persevere, you know, what they're proud of, what's been tough. And, and it's, I, there's just so much power in sharing the story because one, you know, it's validating how hard it can be for all of us. But then two, it builds a sense of faith where that's like, wow, I didn't know, you know, that guy went through this and that I'm going through that too. And then you're kind of creating these subconscious bonds with each other. You're getting that emotional connection. Um, And so I I, I think, That's the main thing I want to say
2: for that question.
1: You can hit the nail on the head. Ted, what have you seen over over the years in Central?
2: Um, Well, first of all, I tend to be a a loner, and and I'm not sure that I quote foster quote relationships. Um, What what I I will tell you that um, in 2021, I was involved in the – I was involved in the so-called recount of the 2020 votes. Um, the um, now Senator Ken Bennett was um, contacted the Foundation for Blind Children with whom I have a contractual relationship with. And um, there were some of they they agreed to participate. And but um, they would not participate officially. Um because of the issues surrounding how that recount came about, um but the reason I mention it is that during that process, I spoke with the person who originally counted helped to count the braille ballots with the Maricopa county people, who is a member of my chapter, and I reassured this person about that that I was not out to um i was not out to take his or her job and that i was not gonna and i was gonna do everything in my power and and that's why i've been able to to keep his or her name out of the conversation so uh i think that in terms of fostering i guess that's probably the closest i've i've i in terms of individual fostering fostering that's probably the closest i've come i tend to be a person who's brainy um <laughs> uh, I like to think things through. I like to look at issues. I'm an NPR supporter. Um, you know, think I think at things, things in long term, and sort of kind of the emotional connection issues. Those are kind of less, and I guess from my perspective, they're they're, they're less important to me. So, well,
1: <laughs> oh, but it just shows that everybody has a way, and and it, and they're all different. So you still had an absolute connection with that individual, um, and it, it wasn't necessarily traditional, and that's okay. Lisa or Lupita, do you want to add in?
6: Sure, I'll go. Um, this is Lisa. So back in the day, uh, I was involved in a phone tree where we would call up members and just kind of remind them of the next upcoming meeting. Now that's changed into a modern day email list. Um, And we have one for the central chapter and there's an email list for um, the state affiliate itself. Um, But there's lots of communication that happens there from, you know, notices of what's coming up to um, sometimes someone will post something informational, like there's a study in your area or, you know, we need volunteers for a certain thing. Um, so, the email list is very important for communication. Um, and I think the other thing I want to shout out about is the, and, and they're probably going to talk about this more, um, the monthly meetups that the state does. And the reason that I'm bringing that up is it kind of ties back into when I mentioned being a mentor um, or a mentoree. Um, Because while we laugh a lot on those calls, just like Jordan said, um, there, there have been some serious conversations as well, as far as, you know, where people might be in their, their site journey and just the camaraderie that comes with that. And, um, the fact that we can all help each other on wherever we are in our journey and lift each other up and, and build each other up, um, as you know, we're learning and growing. Um, and yeah, I think that's all I wanted to comment on. Thanks. Thanks. Is this is Lupita. I'm just gonna echo
5: absolutely everything everyone is saying <laughs> here <laughs> because it it is so true. As when I was helping lead for for them as well as when I stepped back and listened to my friends lead, I'd smile and think, wow, this is how far they've come. And I got to encourage them into into leadership roles, and they encouraged me. And so for both of us, I think it's just that encouragement and that lifting each other up and being there for each other. And um I heard once that if you want a friend, you need to be a friend. So I just feel like that those friendships that are brought through ACB is what fosters all of us.
6: No,
1: I think that's great. And it's so much easier to take those risks and be uncomfortable when you've got somebody to be uncomfortable with <laughs> and you've got somebody to make mistakes with and, and then you get to try things and, and be successful and then get the encouragement. I, I, spot on, Lupita, spot on. Okay, so um, the third tenant to our theme this year is connection. And part of what our all of our local chapters do a little differently than our states necessarily is we get to connect with our community. So not necessarily those that are in our chapter, but our neighbors. So my question is, what do your chapters do um, and or what plans do they have to connect within
2: their communities. This is Ted. I think I'll start this one. Um, Although I wasn't fully involved with it. I do know that um, back in and we may still have, have some of these back around 2017 or 2018, the uh, then Phoenix and then the central when we, when we, when we became central uh, we got a, um, we got together a list of resources around the Valley And we and we got and we posted them. We I say others because I wasn't involved personally, but post them at uh, eye doctors offices so that people would know what kinds of resources would be available if they were if they had been told that they were on the virtual using their site. You know, many doctors. Eye doctors, they know the medical profession and they know and, and they know the terrors of losing eyesight because they had to. But they don't know what resources are available. And I think that is really crucial that that information like that be, gets out.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, something I know we've talked about a lot lately is those that are losing their sight don't have the technology skills. So us putting it on the website is a great place or us putting it out on the Internet is great. But what about those that aren't that aren't there yet? Um, so I think that's that's a great example, Ted. Who wants to go next? Uh, I'm, I'll go.
3: Oh, la- oh, oh go ahead, first. Jordan. Ladies, ladies <laughs> first. I'll, I'll go after you.
6: Okay, um, so I just wanted to quickly mention um, we're coming out of the pandemic now, but uh, so we're starting to do more social types of events than what we have in the last couple of years. So the central chapter, um, as far as connection goes, um, we had a a holiday lunch that we've uh, members came to, which was really, really nice, and we're starting to do more more things in person than what we've done in the past and that's that's a nice way of connecting again with folks um, because virtual is great but but there is something to be said for being in person um, and also some of the things we've done in the past we're talking about connection and community we've had presentations uh, in our virtual meetings um, about apps or you know, what's going on in advocacy land as far as transportation goes um, and legislative things. And we also had a presentation from the Foundation for Blind Children talking about their blind pilot and that project that, that they did. Um, it was either last year or the year before. So just kind of keeping the community connected and involved in knowing what's going on in, in, in your local
3: area.
1: Thanks, Lisa. Jordan?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, a big part of it is just trying to have a presence at, uh, conventions. And so Tucson, uh, in December of last year had the first annual, it's called Disability Pride Day, where it wasn't just, uh, low vision, but it was all disabilities, um, and just networking with like cerebral palsy. Um, just, uh, I forget what others were there at at, at this moment, but, uh, you know, Arizona Council of the Blind, we now have, these awesome tablecloths we have brochures uh, just to kind of get our face out there and I really like what Ted was saying um, as far as like maybe interacting more with with the doctors because they don't know what's out there and a lot of us could have used some of this uh, this hope when we started losing our eyesight you know oh there are places out there there are blind people that are working just to kind of so that seed that like things are going to be okay even if stuff gets worse um and lupita and i were actually talking about that last night as far as like what are there our future plans and so that got me thinking you know because again i'm more of like the emotional side because that's my background as, as a former counselor and stuff but i think at our next chapter meeting i do want to like bring it to to the group as far as like you know what kind of action committee stuff do you guys want to do do you want to work on um SunTran, which is our bus system out here, or uh Potholes, you know, and and just really letting the members decide while I can just sit back and relax and let them come up with the ideas.
5: This is Lupita. I would say connection through partnership. I'm a, fe- a very, very big fan of partnering Um and work with ACBVI. We had a race where their clients were with Achilles Phoenix and Achilles Tucson, I believe really strongly in that because Achilles Tucson is for people with all disabilities, I've also partnered it, we have partnered it, I'm not going to say I, we have partnered it um, with ACB, and we even did a fundraiser with the Get Up and, and Moving, so Get Moving campaign. So I really think that Connection comes through partnering with others in your community and teaching others in your community about what you do and involving others in the community to be a part of what you do and part of maybe Achilles ACB, but also being a part of what they're doing in the community. So partnership is very strong and very important.
1: Thank you for all those examples. Um, I'm excited to see what comes up in the next year. So Sheila, can, if anybody has any questions, can we um have them raise their hand? And
4: otherwise I've got a wrap-up question. Nora. Hi Nora. Uh yeah. Good morning. And my question is uh for those who have no computer, no high-tech technology, like people like uh um, some of our members are uh, are not coming anymore because they can't because they can't look to, onto Zoom, and I'm wondering how we can communicate to those people who they have only landlines and they have no computers or or anything like that. How can we uh, try to recruit them back as members?
3: Uh, hey, Nora, that, that's a very thoughtful question. Um, and, and I'm glad you're, you're, you're thinking about those people. Um, obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is can they go back through voc rehab? But I know Gala Lane, uh, and once they Kayla and some other of our members, um, they're, they're working on like a resource list, kind of like a, a very concise list for, um, just like stepping stones on how people can get more training or, or other resources, um, hopefully, to help lead them in the right direction in regards to what you're referring to.
4: Yeah, referring to being being back, coming back as members of yeah. Phoenix Chapter, or, uh, you know, to, uh, we lost a few members who were not able to communicate because they have only landline phones and they're not able to go on Zoom or come in person because we haven't had any in-person meetings yet. You <laughs> know, I was thinking about those people.
1: And, and Nora, I can add to that just a little bit. The membership committee is actively working on that. Um, they did a huge call out campaign to everyone who has been a member. Um, and we got some increase in membership because they didn't realize we were still around. So kind of to what Lisa had said earlier, the phone tree, it's, it's really should be alive and well beyond just the email tree. Um, and so I can tell you that Kayla and Karen and Vicky and Jeff are all um, working on kind of what that next step is to make sure that we meet people where they are and they don't have to meet us where we are.
4: Right, thank you.
0: You're welcome. Okay, Jeffrey. Hi, yeah, um, this is Jeff Ricker. I just, it's very, very interesting uh, meeting here today. I just really enjoying it. Uh, and I just want to emphasize, since we're talking about advocacy, there are other ways that uh, we are doing advocacy, sometimes as individuals, but being inspired by all the efforts of the AZCB and the ACB for advocacy. I also try to uh, advocate in my own chosen career path as a medical writer. So i uh, publishing, I published a paper on uh, creating accessible electronic documents um, I'm going to write an article and give a presentation this year on, uh, on um, bias, implicit bias towards people with disabilities. Um, and I also actually would like, I would also like like to use um, uh, maybe some stories from people in the chapter and statewide about the problems they may have had with um, education, uh, employment and maybe um, bias, unconscious, or otherwise. Um, So I'm hoping that I I can um, get some stories from people, but uh, it's just, it's inspired me to really work towards advocacy in in this area where it's very badly needed um, with educational and employment settings. That's
1: great. Thanks, Jeff. And we can put it out. I know. I just. I'm going to completely contradict myself. We can put it out to the email list. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we can also spread it word of mouth as this, well. So this is,
0: this is a great meeting. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. All right, Dan. This hey, is Dan. Dan. This is Dan. I I wanted to to put the word out to our to our members and friends out in the community that are listening today. Um, the Arizona Guide Dog users are. who who were incorporated have, have folded and there may still be a need out there in the community for our guide dog user friends to reorganize. And I would encourage each and every one of them to get, get a hold of the Arizona council of the blind and see what we can do to help you do that.
1: It's a great call out. Thanks Dan. Well, with the last seven minutes, um, I'm really glad I get to ask this question because I, I think it's going to inspire some people. So, um, whoever wants to jump in, jump in. But what has been the most impactful experience you have had or
6: that you've witnessed
1: within your local affiliate?
6: Um, this is Lisa. I'll I'll answer. Um, going back to the, we had a community not a community but but one of Kayla's calls um and the the one of the people on the call was talking about their their current struggle with adapting to their new level of vision loss and it was there was such a supportive outpouring from the rest of the folks on the call as far as you know, being supportive, trying to offer suggestions and support. And I think that I just want to encourage people that, that everybody's journey is different and everybody has, every member is important and every member has a voice um, and every member has a story. And it's important to share those stories with each other Um, because it not only helps you get support back, but in the experiences that you have that you share with others, you know, you also help other people. Um, and I think the giving and taking of that information and that, that level of support is the heart of what local chapters in building relationships, um, can be in the, ACB community, it's
2: great. Thanks, Lisa. This is Ted, and I think that the one that I that I I keep thinking of a couple things, but the one I think keep coming back to is what Jeff mentioned earlier. Um, earlier i think with jeff who mentioned about that pilot the blind pilot from the foundation for blind children um who flew from phoenix to washington dc i believe she did it in two days and she did have a uh somebody somebody assist her on, on on the On the flight, as well, but the fact that they, she was able to do that and how they set it up and how they arranged it and how the fact that she came home safely um I think that was a that was a stunning experience for people to hear about and how it came about and um how how things went um yeah, I think that's probably the most i suppose inspirational thing that I've certainly heard um at the at any of the a c azcb um it's so, just so the cazcb um chapter meeting uh, i think is- you're
1: right um the foundation for blind children spoke at the central meeting and told us all about it and i saw people come out of the woodwork that just wanted to go me i want to learn how to fly because now somebody did it we can do it um jordan were you
3: yeah yeah i was just gonna say um I think one of the most beautiful things I've seen is the group taking on a a life of its own. And what I mean by that is all these friendships that are being made, you know, outside of our our meetings. And the best example is uh, we have a person who's working and uh, a chapter member who's got a job and she was able to network with other people. And before you know it, five other members uh, are working with her so it's like wow like she was able to help these other people get jobs and and it's just so cool to see this these these group members uh talking to each other outside of group meetings
5: I, I, this is lupita i'm gonna echo ted but foundation for blind children also has a marathon runner and it's totally inspired me and just bringing those people to our meetings and and getting inspired through Through talking with him and and, in the meetings and um, I've seen Jordan go from my braille student to a leader in ACB, not to call you out, Jordan, but (laughs) um, and, and just we've seen some people that are very shy that thought they would never be in leadership positions start thinking about positions in leadership and talking to us about, can I be the next person to share my story in the next meeting and just getting more comfortable with us and, and, and enjoying being a part of their journey with
1: us. Lupita, and I want to echo that because that's, that's my favorite. The teacher in me likes to see the light bulb go off Um, and there's somebody, and I won't, I won't call them out, but, you know, a couple of years ago, They wanted one small role on a committee and they did a phenomenal job. And then we would ask, you know, would you take this on? And they said, yes, as long as I have support. And they always had support. And that support has caused them to take on more and more and just grow and thrive and develop as a person, develop as a ACB member, develop as a leader. It's it's just so exciting to watch. Um, and, And they're not the only one. They're just... The one example that I, I've been able to watch from that very tiny role that was very important to just just owning the play mm-hmm. <laughs> this year. So um, but we are right on time. That never happens with me. <laughs> I want to thank Lisa and Ted, Jordan and Lupita and Gail Elaine by proxy <laughs> for being here today, for sharing your stories and your experiences. Um, and I believe Lisa and Ron, we're up for another door prize before our next session.
7: Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, <laughs> folks, this is, a. Uh, hang on <laughs> to your hat, get the drums out and start rolling them. We are going to give away... A $100 Amazon gift card. Uh, I said $100. This is from the Southern Arizona chapter. You know, they've got all that money down there. So um, anyway, um, we're going to hand out some of it. So, oh, oh my. I know this person is here. I know for a fact. The winner of $100 from the Southern Arizona chapter, keeping it at home, Lupita Hernandez. Yeah. All
1: right. Yay! Oh, my gosh, that's totally exciting. <laughs> Thank <you. laughs>
7: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. That's fantastic. What are you buying us, Lupita?
5: <laughs> I don't know, but I have quite the addiction to Amazon, so this is going to be a really hard choice.
7: I don't know. This um, sounds like a bad idea. You should probably give that away since we don't want to encourage addiction. So, right, right.
8: Uh, I'm I not addicted. should. <laughs>
7: But she's not going to. No. Congratulations.
1: Thank you, Ron. Congrats, Lupita. And I am going to hand it over to Kayla, who is going to facilitate our um, final program session. Um, We still have more to come today, but um, Kayla, take it away.
9: So in this next session, we are going to talk to four of our members. Um, as you guys have kind of noticed, we started at the National and we're, we're working our way down to you, the member, the individual. Um, so we're going to hear from four of our members um, who have been members for different lengths of time and definitely come from different backgrounds. And that is going to be Lily Bogan. Um, so we're going to have Lily. Um, we are also going to hear from Ron Brooks. We're going to bring him back. Melanie, we're going to keep her around here with us, as well as Karen Hughes is going to join us. Um, and um, as uh, you kind of heard at the beginning of our um Conference here. I am uh, a board member with AZCB, but I am also the membership chair. Um, I'm chair of the membership committee. I'm kind of nervous here if you can't tell. Um, and so, um, Building up our membership, hearing from our members, and connecting with our members has been really, really important to me um, in both of the roles that I play here um, with AZCB. And so I kind of want to get this section started off. With um, just hearing from our four members here, and what has their vision journey been? Um, this this kind of I was hoping to give a little bit of background of who they are, where they're coming from, and their view of of you know vision loss and all of that. And I am gonna have Ron get us started today.
7: I started uh, when I was born. I was born back in the late sixties and. I was born with uh, congenital glaucoma. And when I was born, I actually was completely blind. And my parents were uh, pretty, were like blue collar, kind of, you know, not, you know, very working class, not real well-educated folks in in a small town in Indiana. And the doctors told my parents, who were 19 uh, at the time, that there was a surgery that they could, you know, do that might work, or it might totally like not work and, and ruin any chance that I would ever have of seeing again. My parents being practical folks said, do one eye and save the other one. And so that's what they did. They did one eye and it worked sort of. And I was low vision. Um, for the first 14 years of life, I could see a little, not too much. I mean, I was kind of like that kid that, that road bikes played basketball did all the stuff that kids do that I couldn't actually see to do. So I was like, you know, I would like r- ride into like cars. I mean, like parked cars, <laughs> um, buildings and such. Um, I just kept going anyway, because you know, what am I going to do? Um, and when I was 14, I was playing basketball and I, I took a ball to the face and, um, and, um, you know, lost the rest of it. Cause that's not good to do when you have a detached retina, it got more detached. Um, So anyway, uh, that was really my journey to blindness. And from there, I had to learn, even though I had lived with low vision, um, there's a big difference between low vision and total blindness. Um, I mean, I was using a a, a precursor to a CCTV one day, and the next day I couldn't see absolutely anything at all, nothing. And so I had to learn Braille real quick and and all that stuff. And back when I was a kid, and I was high school at this point, we didn't get orientation and mobility. Um, I learned how to. I learned how to trail. I learned how to dead reckon across the hallway, and I learned how to trail walls. That's how I got around. I couldn't do anything outside. Completely dependent on my sister, who was uh, my same grade, to go between classes and all that kind of stuff. It was terrible. And when I was seventeen, uh, I was a senior, just about to graduate. They finally got me O and M, so I learned how to use a cane and eventually a dog, and and all the rest. But yeah, that was really my journey was, it, I, and, and by the way, it's a journey alone. I did not know uh, very many blind people. Um, I did get to go to a summer camp every year that the Seventh Day Adventist ran that for blind and low vision kids. That was the only blind people I ever saw, and so I knew blind people could swim. And I knew we could like ride a horse and make crafts, but I I did not know much more than that. So that was really where I started, and everything else came from there.
9: Awesome, thank you so much, Ron. Um, let's move over to Lily. Good afternoon, Lily, or good morning. I guess it's still technically morning here.
10: Good morning, everyone. Um, so my. My uh vision loss journey um, it started when I was twenty eight I was working as a young professional. I was a pharmacist um, in the Phoenix area and um, I started seeing um, flashing lights and um, so I've been diagnosed with autoimmune retinopathy. It is a progressive condition, and at this point i what I see um, is just movement and light perception um, and movement only my periphery. Um, so that was 14 years ago. And yes, I just dated myself. <laughs> I just gave out my age. Um, and so uh, when I first got involved in the blindness community, it was actually through the social rec program at uh, the Arizona Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired. And then I got involved or I did my comprehensive blindness training through Foundation for Blind Children. And I had never joined any of the advocacy groups. Um, but I did have blind friends that I would see pretty regularly. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And not only did it hit, but I moved from Phoenix to um down to Tucson, where I didn't know a single person who was uh, blind or visually impaired. So you get the, um, you know, and no socialization because of the pandemic. And then to further heighten it, I was in a city that I didn't know anyone else but my husband and kids. Uh, so, yeah, that's how I got involved with ACB.
9: Awesome. Thank you, Lily. And Karen, you're up
10: next.
8: Hi, everybody. Um, so I I grew up um, low vision, um, high partially sighted um, back in the 70s. And my vision was actually improving there for a while. Um, mainstreamed in school, didn't know anybody was blind. Did, you know, hand wrote assignments, use typewriter, that kind of thing. Um, and then I... Um, had a substantial uh, vision loss. Like, you yeah, know, I lost my uh, sight suddenly um, in college. I was like in my second year, um, and um, my sight was restored. And then I, you know, my vision fluctuated. Um, this went on for like seven years, and during that time, I started um, gradually learning blindness techniques, um, but very gradually. Um, and, um, you know, I didn't have, um, Braille and really didn't have any O and M or cane travel or any of that. Um, and then I, um, I got through school and then went to Colorado, um, went to the NFB training center there. And, um, that's where I really, um, you know, got my um, my adjustment to blindness skills. Um, I didn't get a hold of any adaptive tech until the late eighties, uh, um, but it really wasn't until the nineties that I really, uh, you know, started uh, um, just realizing, hey, you know, I, I got I got a problem here. I got to really learn how to um, do things the blindness way, um, and uh, it was it was a difficult road for sure. But, uh, you know, I started learning um, adaptive tech and um, Braille and um, just, I uh, didn't have a great experience in the NFB. And um, then when I moved to uh, it wasn't really until I moved out here to Arizona in 99 and I knew of other ACBB members and like you Kayla, I didn't want to be part of any um, organization. Um, but I knew of a few uh, members of ACB, and um, you know, just gradually just got in, involved with the organization.
9: Awesome! Thank you so much, Karen. And up next, last but not least, Mel.
1: Kayla, thank you. So um, I have, I was born with a, a genetic condition called achromatopsia. So my cones don't work. Um, I have no color vision. I have no depth perception. Well, not no, I have not great depth perception. Um, but mine fluctuates in the amount of light that the eye can take in. So I'm very high partial in the best lighting conditions all the way to not so much in the Arizona sun, <laughs> So um, I, I was born and raised in California, um, and so my mom knew that there was a problem when she had a black transam and she had the door open in front of the house, and she said, go wide around the door, and I hit the tree. So there's that. <laughs> so, and mom always wondered why I didn't go outside until the sun went down. Um, so she quit her job and her goal was to try to figure out what was wrong. Um, so we were at the center for the partially sighted and UCLA and UC Berkeley and you just, you name it, she went to them. Um, I originally had a diagnosis of a similar retinal condition that was degenerative. Um, and then we figured out, um, and this was back in the eighties. So, um, there wasn't genetic testing yet um, that it was the non-degenerative version. Um, there was a woman up at UC Berkeley named Frances Futterman, who was doing huge research and, and Dr. Portnoy doing research on this eye condition. So we went up there, um, and this was early nineties. Um, and then we moved to Texas. So Cal, oh, and let me back up. Um, when mom knew something was wrong, when mom and dad knew something was wrong, they enrolled me in the Blind Children's Center in Hollywood um, to try to figure out how they had a support system for parents because they had to figure out how to cope. And then they were teaching us as, as preschoolers. Um, and then I was mainstreamed. The, the point that mom and dad always drove home was you just can't see your brain works. So you're going to do everything. And and some of it's going to work and some of it's not. So we moved to Texas. And if you don't know about Texas in the 90s, they had a phenomenal um, agency, government agency called the Texas Commission for the Blind, which back then was just absolutely incredible in their support. Um, I was still mainstreamed. But at that point, I got to go to camps, you know, up in Texoma and Texarkana for the weekend. And, you know, they were those challenge camps, you'd go horseback riding and jump off of things and just push yourself a little bit further. Um, we had the technology Olympics up in Fort Worth. Um, so you got to learn new technology, but it was always about, um, you're just a little different, but you know, you're going to try everything. Um, and then, you know, mom and dad didn't have, you know, um, I, oh, I can't think of the phrase, but when you leave for college, empty nest, they were like, bye, we, we taught you well enough to go off on your own. So goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> they were thrilled. Um, but that was the whole point. The whole point was, we're not going to treat you any different. We just have to all learn how to modify things. Um, so luckily, it's, it's not degenerative other than just getting older. Um, but it can fluctuate quite, quite, quite drastically.
9: Awesome. Thank you, Mel. Um, and my vision has kind of what been similar when I had more and mine is degenerative. So um, you're lucky that it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, My next question, uh, Lily and Karen kind of answered a little bit, but I am going to give both of you the opportunity to add a little bit more. Um, And that's um, how 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 long have you been a ACB slash AZCB? Because um, I know like Mel, you've lived in different states and such. So that's going to change um, depending on the, the you know, the location and and what has your membership meant to you. Um, so I'm going to start here. Um, I'm going to go to Lily this time if you would like to um, to add some more to. You kind of said you got involved down in
10: Tucson. Sure.
9: Um, Yeah. So, Um,
10: yes, I just moved to Tucson two years ago and I got um, involved with the Southern chapter. Um, This is my second year. So, I've only been involved for a little over a year, probably, um, let's see, a year and four months now. And so, um, the first year I, Um, so I guess last year when I got involved, um, I had been not only isolated from the pandemic, but isolated here in Tucson. And so I called around to different, um, organizations down here in Tucson. One was Tucson Society of the Blind. Um, and Barbara McPherson, the president of that organization gave me the number to, Chris Despero, who was current president, Southern um, Arizona chapter president. Um, And so he got me involved. We've been doing the monthly social meetups. And so I met some of the members in person. And from there on, I I paid my dues and became a member. Awesome. Thank you, Lily. Um, And
9: next, I'm going to go to Ron.
7: So I was finishing college, uh, my undergraduate, and I was going, I knew I was going to go to graduate school at San Francisco State. I was back in Indiana still, and I knew I needed money, like lots of it. Uh, so <laughs> I was applying for scholarships. I had good grades. And so I applied for a scholarship, and I got uh, an ACB scholarship, so Go Scholarships. And with the scholarship came a trip to the ACB convention, which was in Denver. And so I went to Denver and I had a ridiculously good time. Um, uh, I mean, if, if, if it could be done legally or mostly, so I did it. I loved it. (laughs) Um, I got involved with a student organization so that by the time I got to California, in the fall, so you know, three months later, I was already connected with a network of people uh, in the Bay Area that were able to kind of befriend me. Uh, one person who's still a close, close, dear personal friend uh, came out and helped me learn the campus at San Francisco State with my guide dog so that I could get around. Um, so for me, it started really, um, it was partly social, but it was also advocacy. I was very frustrated. Uh, when I got there by transportation and the challenges I was having at that point, I was an international relations student and I was going to a chapter of the, of the California council and they needed somebody to go sit at an, uh, at a, at a p- public meeting for the transit agency there. And I was like, I'll go, I'll tell them what I think of their service. And mm-hmm. um so not only did, did ACB give me a scholarship, they gave me my actual career because I got to that meeting and I fell in love with transportation. And and I didn't actually know what Lisa shared earlier. I actually did not know that um, I was her kind of connection. I mean, I knew it, but I didn't really think about it. I guess they gave me my relationship too, because I wouldn't have been there and I wouldn't have met her had I not been speaking. So it tells you what kind of speaker I am too. So there you go. Actually, it was my dog, but Anyway, that's another story. Anyway, that, that's my that's how I got involved, and that was uh, nineteen. Yeah, you know, that all happened between nineteen ninety and about nineteen ninety four. So I've been involved for a long time.
9: Awesome, thank you, Ron. And we'll go to you next, Mel. You want to kind
1: of tell us your journey through uh, the ACB? So mine is a very unique journey. Um, I when we moved to Texas when I was ten, um, mom and dad didn't know didn't know what resources we had. We didn't, we knew about the Texas commission for the blind. There was a co-op in our County called the blue bonnet co-op and they worked with the schools, but they didn't really know what else was out there. So I don't know how they found out about the Fort worth chapter, but they did. So I think I was 11 it was 10 or 11, depending on when my birthday was. And we started going to meetings. Um, That was 30 years ago. <laughs> so um we started getting very involved in the Fort Worth chapter, um, in Tarrant County, with Cook Children's Hospital, all of that. And then um, we were new to Texas. So we started a few years later going to board meetings, which were quarterly and in person in all different parts of Mm -hmm. that ginormous state. So I think by 16, we were going to my first conventions, those board meetings, getting to know the leadership in Texas. And those leaders ha- literally are my family. They have been to my graduation from college. Some of them have, you know, they were at our wedding. Like they literally are family. Um, I got on the board of Texas when I was 19. Um, we had, Ron had mentioned there was a student affiliate at the time, but it was very thin um, from the national level. And so we were trying to start one at the state level, but NFB is, and still is very big in Texas. So it was, again, a, a kind of a thin affiliate or trying to become an affiliate. Um, but we still we still called each other and, and had conference calls and tried to make that happen. Um, then after college, I moved to West Virginia and became a part of the Mountain State Council with Donna Brown. Um, she was the president of our chapter. And Jesse Rail was president of the state. Then I went to Orange County. So I went back to California and got involved in Orange County. And then I moved to Texas and couldn't find Arizona. I mean, sorry, I moved to Arizona and couldn't find Arizona. I emailed people. I didn't get any responses back. And I couldn't tell you now who they were. It doesn't really matter. So you know what? I, I just kept working and working on my master's degree. And then the pandemic hit and convention went um virtual. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the perfect way to get back in from the little hiatus that I ended up taking. So in 2020, I was in a community call, um, not a community call, a a convention call. It was a next gen call. And John McCann was there because he supports ACB Next Generation. And he's like, "Okay, well, you're in Arizona. We need to talk. And, you know, John's very persuasive. (laughs) So um, I started going to the central chapter meetings, started going to the board meetings, um, and I would dare say that the rest is history. Um, very active at the national level, at the state level, at the local level. Um, but really, this is this is a family, very truly to the core. Um, for the last 30 years, they've watched me grow up.
9: Awesome. Thank you so much, Mel. I appreciate that and your journey. Um, Karen, would you like to share with everybody?
8: Sure. Um, I haven't been involved as long. Um, I really say it wasn't until 2014 that I really, um, started becoming involved with the council. Um, like I said, I knew of a few, um, members, um, that were in part of ACCB and, um, they, um, they needed, uh, you know, the board was looking, you know, they needed another, um, secretary in, in the circumstances. And I, um, you know, the people that knew that I was like resourceful and I, you know, in, um, enjoyed writing and that, you know, I just, it's one of those, um, people, you know, that just cared about others and wanted to make a difference. So I was appointed, um, secretary, uh, in 2014. And, um, I had a lot of great mentors, um, Barbara McDonald and, and Jeff and Gail and, um, others. And, um, I really, you know, enjoyed, uh, being on the board and, and, um, getting to know members and just felt like I, you know, belonged, um, and cont- continue getting involved on, on committees, um, and pretty much have, um, done that since, I, you know, I love public relations and that kind of thing and have always worked in like service industry and, and uh, chaired that committee and um, was on convention committee and um, I'm currently on the membership committee. And so, yeah, I've um, really since that time, I've been just doing what I can to help others and, and make a difference. I'm glad to be part of ACVB.
9: Awesome. Thank you for sharing, Karen. So we've kind of seen your guys' journey, but what does the future kind of hold for you? Where do you see yourself within AZCB, um, you know, in the future? Like, what do you aspire to do within this organization? And I will have Mel start this time. Shameless plug, vote for me. (laughs) Um. It, it's or within really, ACB, I guess, and as a whole, you know, no, but Arizona, it, yeah,
1: it, you know, we've had all these discussions, um, and I don't care what hat it is. I don't, I don't care about titles. In fact, they kind of stress me out. Um, but I like doing, um, and the conversations we've had over the last year and the actions that we've started to take have been all about not the number of members we have. Although that's a great indication of how we're doing oftentimes, but it's when I get a phone call that I, from someone that just moved here, that I can guide them somewhere, whether, whether I have the answers or not, which more often than not, I don't. Um, and that's okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) thank God for teams of people. Um, But I want to be able to say that I helped make us a place where people can find a home, where people can use us when they need us, um, where people can come and, and find that family, um, give back if that's where they are in their journey. Um, I just want, I want to be in that place where we are home, um, And again, in those other conversations, you know, not everybody's, you know, in the tech world, not everybody's in the phone world. (laughs) Um, You know, our our generations are changing. And I've, you know, I was that teenager that they said, you're the next generation. Well, now I'm 40 and not yet two weeks. You're the (laughs) next generation. And now in 20 years, I want to go to whomever the next one is to say, you're the next generation. Um, But I want to make sure that we are. If we're not gr- growing, we're at least sustaining. So I just want this to be someplace for for folks to find home. Awesome.
9: Um, and next I'll go to Ron. What does your future look like, sir?
7: <laughs> when I when I was younger, say twenties and thirties, um, I was at a point in where it was all about getting on committees, being elected to things, having titles, being in charge. And now I think what I really want to do is set all that stuff aside and really focus on, um, first off, I, I've got a mission to make transportation better, which is, it's a freaking big piece. That's a to big
9: piece big big. A a of buy. To do.
7: You're cutting so, off so, yourself. <laughs> so I want, to keep, I want to keep that space, but I want to just yeah I've always loved places where people feel welcome where people have fun where people can kind of you, you know come and be strengthened and so I think what I want to do is be uh one of the people in the organization who who tells the stories who who makes people feel glad they came who can answer the questions um and and really just make people leave better than they got here and sometimes that might be serving in an office or it might be being on a committee or it might be a lot of things but what i really want to do is just be open to whatever that looks like and really just have fun with it because i've done all the the work boring kind of stuff now i just want to do i just i just want to stay focused on the people that we're here to serve and and do that
9: Awesome. Thank you, Ron.
7: Mm-hmm.
9: Um, and Karen,
8: would you like to share next? Sure. Um, so my objectives are similar to, to Ron's. I, I really want to um, you know, collaborate with, with um, members here in ACB and it, basically in and out of um, the community here um, and just make that difference, like kind of reach people on a personal level our current members, as well as um, others that are not even aware that we're out there. Um, there's so many p- people that, you know, need our help um, that, um, you know, we I, I want to like improve, improve the uh, quality of life for, for all of us that have uh, vision loss um, that are blind and low vision. Um. And just work together uh as a team and um do we can you know i have a lot I have a lot of things in mind as far as um just- ec- expanding our affiliate and um just reaching out to people that are nearly like, newly blind um that I find that like a lot of people have, um, you know, everybody has skills and talents and I want to, you know, kind of engage um, members and people that are not, you know, part of this community yet and have us, you know, work collaboratively, um, just to make a difference and improve lives and help people be more independent, whether it be at work or school or play, um, and i have you know i would like to to work in a uh, cross disability um I've, I've um you know work working to um i'm, I'm hoping to um get on some advisory boards and kind of network with um other organizations here in the in the valley um and hoping that through awareness we can make a difference, whether it's through Valley Metro or, um, other disability organizations. And like, um, I'm also part of Achilles, um, Phoenix chapter. I just, um, recently got involved with, with that last year. And so, like I said, um, you guys mentioned earlier, you know, partnerships and working together. Um, so that's really, um, what I would like to, to uh, do and, and um, hope we can make some of this um, happen. So thank you so much, Karen and Lily.
10: Um, Well, right now I am the, um, the vice president for the Southern chapter, and I definitely enjoy being involved. I have, um, I really, you know, this AZCB has a spot in my heart. So it's it's gotten me, um, you know, that the group of social, the friends here in Tucson, and I've been able to get out of the house more often, which is yay. <laughs> For anyone who's been um, feeling that isolation from both the pandemic or from a new move, um, you can understand that want and need to get out of the house. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want to stay involved. Um, I'm in a part of my life right now that I have extra time. And so I've been involved in a lot of boards and commissions uh for the last several of years um and so that is definitely something i'm gonna maintain until i uh or if i get a full-time job then that would definitely change but in the meantime um azcb is in my future and um and it's always going to stay that way one way or another but i'll definitely be involved Awesome. Um, thank you
9: so much. I appreciate you all your answers. Um, so our theme for this conference has been care. Uh, connect and create. Um, and we kind of saw Jeff and um, Kenneth talked about what that looked like on a national level. And then we looked at it, you know, as we've been zooming down into the you part of um, the organization. But what does that mean to you? What does that look like from a member point of view? What what does that care, connect and create mean? And um I am going to
7: have Ron start on this one. Well, I'll go real fast because I know we're late. So um, we- I would say care is really just being in touch with yourself and, and the things that make you tick and that you care about. And I think the connect is really just telling that to other people um, and and whether it's through your chapter or wherever, because then you can get other people to feel the same way and you may not even know who they are yet. And so that really allows that to happen. And then for for creating, you know, creation always happens when at least one person and preferably more get together and do something. So it starts with the issues. It it moves to connecting with other people to tell to tell them. And then y'all can get together and create some good stuff.
9: Awesome. Thank you, Ron. And Mel, you're up next. We have till 1215, correct? About 10
1: minutes.
7: Yeah.
9: Okay. perfect.
1: Awesome. Ron's just trying to be efficient.
9: <laughs> <laughs> well this is pretty much the last question and then we'll open it up. So,
1: so you know it it's, I was thinking about this and it turns out I do this professionally too. Um which is very an interesting kind of eye opener. Um but it's also what has happened to me personally. People have cared, they've taken the time to care. Professionally, I work with customers and I I listen and care and 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 really want to make things better. Um through ACB, you get I've gotten to connect with people that I would have never connected with before networked people that have become closer than, you know, than than friends, people that have been professional contacts. Um, and then all of that has gone on to and this is what I love doing about in my job is working together and brainstorming and designing whatever that next great thing is, um, whatever scale that is, whether it's, you know, a, a tiny, little change that makes a difference or, you know, throwing something in the trash and starting from scratch and creating the next best thing. Um, but it's, it's, what's been, uh, for lack of a better word, what's been done to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> all of that has, has helped me get to where I'm at, where I'm in a place where I can help create. Um, but without those two, without having genuine care Whether you agree with people or not, you can still care whether you have that care. And when you have that connection and you find that relationship, and a lot of you have heard me say this, we have something in common with every person on this planet. It might just be that my hair is brown and your hair is brown, you know, but once you get that connection, then you build the trust. And now you can just, it's just, you're just unstoppable at that point. And that's where you can just create magic.
9: Awesome. Thank you, Mel.
10: Um, And Lily, we'll go to you next. Okay. Um, So when I think care, I think our support group, uh, which is open to the whole state, um, to any, actually we've been having people out of state log on too, which is fine. It's totally open to anyone who needs that support. And so we show each other care um, and, help each other out whenever we can um, through that support. Um, And that leads also to connection, um, meeting each other um, over the support group, which is on Zoom, on the monthly meetings on Zoom, or even in person when we do our in-person meetings. um, That connection leads to friendships and um, helps, you know, Everyone needs a little bit of socialization every now and then. Um, And last, that uh, leads to create, it creates memories. Um, Just the other day, um, a few friends and I just went out for a birthday celebration. um, And we're all AZCB members. And so that was a nice thing. And uh, hopefully that was a fun memory for everyone.
9: Oh, how special. Awesome. Thank you, Lily.
8: And Karen. Uh, I would like to echo what everyone um Elsa said. Um, I, I I think, you know, meeting people where they're at and um getting to you know, making that connection, that personal connection and you know, just genuinely caring about others. Um, and uh you know, I I also in, in um, my, in my work um, cared, you know, just generally cared about people. Um, You know, I worked in in the hotel industry and also in the teaching field and I put my heart into it and really want to make a difference. So um, I think those things are important. Like, um, you know, you said Kayla earlier um, on an individual level, you know, like we all have we all have talents and, and, and skills and we all need to step out of our comfort zones just a, a little bit. Um and just you know, engage and um connect and um through through support and friendship, um we can like learn from each other, work with each other and just improve um the quality of life for all of us. So
9: Awesome. Thank you so much, Karen. Um, um, well, I've, I really um, I want to thank my, this panel of, of individuals. You guys all had so much to share. And um, I just kind of want to say... For- First of all, um, I hope all of you join us on Monday. Um, we have our, our monthly social is Monday at 7 p.m. I'm going to plug that because I can and I'm here and I'm talking. Um, <laughs> but we do. Um, as much as we laugh, we have fun. We learn about one another. We get to know, you know, our, our the people we, in our community a lot better. And um, I ask you to come together and, and create a more connected world um, for all of us here in AZ- ACB um, in general and here at our state level. And I think that is about it. I'll hand it over to you, Mel. I think we have a uh, drawing, a door
1: prize. We do. So I'll hand it over to Ron.
7: <laughs> um, this Okay, so last time we gave away a bucket of cash, this is the... In my opinion, this is the cool prize. This is the one. I'm going to show mine, and I'm going to turn my screen off for people that can see it, and I'm going to describe it for people who can And I'm going to my video. There it is. Okay. So I am showing you a die-cast Waymo autonomous vehicle. This is donated, obviously, by Waymo. It is, an, it is a uh, Jaguar I-Pace. This is the car that is driving around without drivers in Phoenix, Uh, I've been in it with my guide dog. We were the only ones in it. It's pretty cool. Um, so this is on a stand. It is a scale model. It is die cast. It is on a little display case. I have one that's new in the box, which we will ship to the winner of this store prize. So let's see who that person's going to be. Okay. So. I don't know if she's on. I think she was on our call last night, Monica Splova. Probably butchered that, but Monica, you have won your own Waymo self-driving car engine, not included.
1: She is on Ron. She is here. That's
7: (laughs) awesome. Congratulations. (laughs) We will get that to you.
1: That's great. Thanks, Ron. Mm -hmm. And thanks, Caleb for facilitating that last panel. Um, we are two minutes ahead of schedule, said no one ever. Um, so we are going to take our um, kind of mid-afternoon break since it's lunchtime here. Um, so we will take a break till 12.30 Arizona time. Um, and then we will come back and hear from our partners across the state. Um, we'll have another door prize. And we will start with our re- rehabilitation services um, with Brian DeLude at 1230.